Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Screening for Meaning. Thank you again for joining us this week. You're in for a good show. We're talking about The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson. And he's not a vampire in this one. He is, of course, the caped detective of Gotham City, The Batman. And it's very exciting. This is going to be a new... I think trilogy, I think that's what they're talking about. They're going to do something Marvel-esque. I think they're going to, it kind of teases this towards the end of this movie. Real quickly, again, for longtime listeners of the show, you'll know this is a spoiler show. We're going to talk about things that happened in the movie, obviously, as we're discussing the culture. And so you've been warned, um, but I hope you'll stick around because I think we have some really good stuff today. So overall, real quick, my take on the movie, I thought it was actually very good. Some people don't like it a lot. Ben Shapiro, famous commenter, did not like it. A lot of people like liking to hate on this movie, toss that shade. I'm not one of them. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I like, people were saying it's like dark and the city is, you know, beyond hope and it's like a depressing place. Yeah, that's Batman. Yeah, it's Gotham City. That's like an evil terrible place that's part of this that's part of the deal i thought it was perfect i like the way it was portrayed i like the hopelessness of the city i like the rain and the cloud it's always raining in the movie water is actually a very interesting theme in the movie and maybe we'll get to that in a little bit but the way they used the sad gloomy weather throughout the entire film i thought was perfect excellent very well done and i think the director and the production team deserve a lot of credit for that because i think it created the atmosphere and the dread and the kind of heaviness in the you know mood of the play, of the play, aka movie, um, that I think was very necessary actually for the characters and what they're trying to portray. But also I think um, just made it very interesting, interesting to watch, and uh, not something, not a place we're used to seeing. Um, and so it was very, uh, it was very. Alert! I kind of brought you in. Like, look how look how sad and you know despicable this place is. And don't you want to see how this? Is? Like, I, I don't know. I was very I was very intrigued by it. So uh, overall, I think the movie was a ten. I I loved uh, Robert Pattinson. I think he's a great actor. Um, a lot of people like to dunk on the Twilight stuff, and yeah, it was kind of campy and cheesy. But I think he's good. He's a kind of a corny dude. If you ever see his interviews outside of the, uh, the movie set, but I think he's uh, a good actor. And the way this like depressed kind of gave off this like emo teenage vibe with like his eye makeup um, and so I was very impressed with him and the way they did his makeup and the way his character was portrayed and so I think he did a really good job and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him in a lot more Batman movies. Some of the themes that this movie got into and I think there are a lot by the way that I could choose from. This is a three hour movie marathon. That was perhaps my biggest gripe with this movie was the three hour length. I had I'm gonna be completely frank. I had to go to the I had to go to the bathroom and fill up my popcorn and get a new drink because it was just too long. I can't potentially have three hours. It's too much time. Cut it down. Shave something. 
There was, I, I didn't I <laughs> I don't envy them because there were a lot of good scenes. They wouldn't want to cut a ton of stuff from the movie, but three hours is too long. Find a way. Sorry. But in this three-hour film, I think one of the big themes, and I think it's very relevant to our culture today, is like the opening line, Batman's opening line. He, uh, he's beating up these criminals on the subway, and it's wet, and they're like, you know, beating this guy up, and then they hear his footsteps in the alley, and they're like, shoot, it's Batman, and then he beats all beats them all up. Very cool. But they're one of the criminals is like, who are you? And Batman's like, I am vengeance. And then he, you know, beats him up, and it, you kind of introduce Batman as this really, you know, kicking and fighting and tough character, but uh, and he's the fear that he instills in the criminals' hearts and vengeance for their crimes. And that's kind of what motivates Batman throughout the entire film, right? He's kind of figuring out what's, you know, he's this young, uh, very rich person because his parents have died and uh, his father was was murdered. And he's trying to figure this out. Also, while, um, you know, while this all these murders are happening and these politicians being killed by uh, who we come to know, the character we come to be known as the Riddler. And we're seeing, you know, the the Riddler, when he leaves these clues and goes on the video calls with Batman, you can see the anger and the vitriol. And you don't know why initially. Um, you don't know what his motivations are per se. He just talks about like corruption and things like that. And as slowly the layers of the onion are peeled back, you kind of realize the story and it's it's very well well told and how the the Waynes, which is Batman's family, interacts with him. He the Riddler was orphaned in one of the orphanages that the Wayne family founded, um, but the fund they used to fund that uh, orphanage was looted by criminals. And, uh, of course, the orphan Riddler was stuck in the middle, and so he now blames the Waynes for uh, his, his predicament and his rough, abusive childhood. And you can see that, and the actor who plays the Riddler does a great job, and I think even more so when you most of his acting is done behind a mask, the way he's able to convey emotion and that anger and discontent uh, in his heart is very masterfully done in the voice work, and you like believe he's crazy, like he's th- this to the scary. He's so scary as to you feel like he's actually insane, and that's uh, I think a testament to him. But the anger of his past drives him it's a motivating force it's it's how he's able to sustain the energy to concoct these masterful schemes and puzzles and clues and leave them in just the right way to reveal some information but never too much for the batman and uh, it all comes full circle the first weapon he uses in his first murder is the final clue for the batman solving the mystery that the riddler has set up the entire time so the riddler he knows the whole scheme before it's even over um, but he was only able to do that because of the passion and the pure hatred he has in his heart. But then the I am vengeance line uh, is also wrapped around the, at the end of the movie. One of Riddler's henchmen, but right before he is about to, sh- uh, he's right before he's about to shoot a politician in the final uh, act of the play. Uh, he's beaten up, and Batman is like over top of him, like pounding his face in. And at the end, Batman rips off his mask to reveal who he is. He's just a regular henchman. He's not the Riddler. Um, but he, but Batman asks, "Who are you?" And the the Riddler's henchman says, "I am vengeance." So, vengeance and hatred and anim- animosity for the past is the motivating factor 
both the hero and the villain in our story. Both characters are motivated by something deep inside them they feel was they were wronged. They felt they were mistreated or something was not didn't go the way they planned. And so they're willing to do these crazy things. Batman dresses up in a suit in the middle of the night and goes around and fights burglars and robbers and thieves and helps solve crimes. And the Riddler blows up seawalls and attempts to shoot every single politician in the city. What the movie's trying to get at, I think, is firstly the power of hatred to drive action. It can be a very motivating thing. It can make you do things, powerful things, impressive things that maybe, you know, someone who's not, you know, in in that state of mind would never be able to accomplish. Someone who's just kind of, oh, okay, or you kind of, you know, lukewarm right thing. You, the, the pure passion and energy you can garner from hatred is a very powerful tool. And it doesn't mean you should, it's a tool, but you just mean you should use it. And if you are going to use it, it has to be very sparingly or else it can ruin you. It can destroy you, make you go insane like the Riddler. Um, and it's kind of this moment when Batman has ripped off the, the mask of the Riddler henchman and he realizes that the hatred he has had in his heart, the vengeance that he seek, that he, that he sought to inflict upon those who had wronged him in the past, he realizes that's not sustainable. You can't actually fix anything by this brutal force of hatred. It's too powerful. It actually can't create anything. It only can destroy. It only, it is so powerful and so uncontrolled hatred and vengeance and rage that the only thing that can do is destroy and it does it very well but it can only destroy and Batman realizes this and then there's this ending scene where he's not just beating up villains and crooks but helping a woman get an airlift from the National Guard or you know going around and consoling people in the city as their hero and someone they could admire not someone who they can just pull out to go kill or hurt, he doesn't kill, sorry, can't, can't say that, but just to arrest um, and you know, track down villains and uh, murderers inside the city, he actually has to be someone who does a positive good, actually has to build something. And I think in our time today, there are a lot of people who, whether it's political, religious, social, there are a lot of people who have a lot of hate in their heart and feel very wronged by their opponents, and they're willing to justify their anger and their rage and their vitriol in such a way that they destroy everything in their path and end up destroying themselves. And it's a very dangerous game to play. And if you're going to use that tool, you have to know what's going to come of it. Hate doesn't build anything. It only destroys. And that sounds like a, you know, platitude, but I think it's generally true. And only deep love can actually reverse that and actually build something. And I think that's what kind of uh, the characters and the director were trying to tap into there. Another point I think is worth talking about is obviously, and this is you know a, a theme throughout a lot of the Batman films and essential part of actually Bruce Wayne's character is the wealth gap between him He's the Wayne family. He's, they're the most powerful people 
in Gotham City. They're the most important. They donate all the money. They're the famous, powerful politicians. Everybody knows who they are. When they show up somewhere, when Thomas Wayne or Bruce Wayne shows up somewhere, everybody knows who they are. They want to be associated with them. They see them for not only what they are, but what they can do for them. And usually it's a lot because they are the, um, you know, the most richest, rich, powerful person in the city. And that is a motivating factor. They see it's hard um, for the Riddler and his henchmen to see someone like Thomas Wayne, like Bruce Wayne, someone so different than them in their how they live, where they live. If the, the movie did a great job of showing uh, the Wayne, I think it's a tower in this film, but it's a beautiful gothic you know, rooms and bedrooms and the, the, the way the ceilings are done, it's, it's immaculate. And they really are trying to show, you know, how, look at how Bruce Wayne lives compared to these regular people, uh, Selena Kyle, the Catwoman, the way she lives and she's in trash and there's cats running around and the lights are dimmed and it's, you know, there's clothing on the floor and, you know, they don't, they don't live the same life, uh, but they get they, they interact and actually they work together to save the city. And that's an interesting thing to look at because you have one group of people who are poor and they hate the wealth of Bruce Wayne. They hate his power. But there's also another group who are poor and they see him as someone who might be able to... So, the, of course, the Catwoman says, I can handle things myself. And uh, she, she, of course, uses his help throughout the movie. So it's kind of funny, um, her, her streak. But she's very willing to use the power of uh, the Batman and the prestige. She doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne, but the prestige of his um, suit and his influence with the underground of of Gotham for her own ends. And I just think that was an interesting portrayal. I like seeing that uh, in the movie. And I think there was a kind of a fresh take of, I think, the powerful, kind of like we talked about with Encanto a little bit, the powerful can help the poor and the uh, less powerful in the community, but they have to do it in a way that is respectful and is both reciprocal. And so I think uh, in the case of Batman and the Catwoman, that definitely was. And I think that was a very cool, cool thing to explore there. A final point that I want to make, and a lot of people have made this point, and my friend actually, Jake, he was, uh, he brought this up to me and I thought it was so true. Um, But, over the Batman has been portrayed on screen a lot. Uh, perhaps maybe one of the most well-known characters in American and probably the world cinema. Every kind, everybody kind of knows his backstory about you know his parents being killed, and also knows a lot about his antagonists. Also, there was a whole movie about the Joker and didn't have the Batman in it at all. People are so enthralled with these characters and the way they're interact with their miserable city and they like seeing those people, especially portrayed by their favorite actors. And I think what has kind of been a theme throughout all these uh, portrayals is the Batman, the villain, usually reflects what the society as a whole is fearing. What are they thinking about? What are they scared of? That's what the villain is usually trying to to invoke kind of to to make them think you know this is the embodiment of my fears this is who I'm kind of scared of and I'm not I'm not sure and I kind of want to 
I'll pay this 13 bucks to go to the movie theater and see the Batman defeat this thing that I'm afraid of. And that's kind of how cinema works. Just the last two examples, I think the the Joker, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is, you know, he's a crazy uh, person who the system kind of fell through the cracks, has just grievances against the system, and then is able to use the political instability of the Gotham City to foment this riot and this um, the unhappiness just come, boils over and he's able to, a charismatic person is able to you know, lead this type of resistance in a city very quickly that take a situation that was pretty bad and make it worse very fast with their, um, you know, a, a, a sudden action or a, or a violent move. And I think a lot of people were thinking about that uh, when that movie came out. There were a lot of school shootings or, you know, one-off shootings where someone who was, uh, you know, unstable would go and do something horrific. And I think uh, the, the movie tried to capture that. And how does this person kind of, come to be and of course Batman wasn't in that movie but it was part of that universe and I think um, that's what that movie was trying to tackle and how do we think about this issue and I'll, I'll be quite honest I didn't like the way um, the Joker movie made me feel it was it was it was sad and it was hard and uh, you know really not not a happy happy thing and I think um, but it does force you to think about those things you maybe you don't want to think about and that that can be very fruitful and I think the same thing was done here with this movie you know the Riddler he is someone who's incredibly smart incredibly talented obviously you can see by these um, clues and elaborate cards and ciphers and things that he leaves for the Batman he's ahead of him the entire movie Batman the world's greatest detective is absolutely befuddled by this guy who is crazy and wears the leather masks and you know, has use of technology and he's a streamer. He has a loyal following online and is able to use the hatred and resent against the system and channel it using, you know, pretty innocuous tools, just online streaming, something a lot of people do and enjoy watching, you know, cl- you know, greeting cards from, I think, I think they're trying to say, you know, from like a Walgreens or something. And he's, you know, concocting these ridiculous schemes in his house is full of this, you know, these clues and these newspaper clippings and these crazy drawings and these logos. And, you know, you, you kind of think, it, but it just looks like a regular apartment from the outside. So you kind of think, you know, what if this person, this Riddler type person is just living right next door to me and I might not even know them. There could be someone who's planning something like this right around the corner and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to sniff it out. The Batman can't. So what What makes me think I could? And what, what is he using? Just regular things, but he's under the radar. And I, I think that's very powerful to explore. And I like freedom, by the way. And I like people for being willing to use tools. Uh, I like a lot, having a lot of tools. But some things are very powerful. And especially the, what the movie kind of gets into is streaming and internet access can connect people who maybe are united not by location or religious beliefs or you know political beliefs but only something as simple as hatred for the system or you know some kind of problem or you know this people that would never associate can be united online behind Avatar based off of one agreeing thing and they can find communities and that's kind of what maybe a social media 
site like Reddit kind of explores. Everything has a community and you can talk about your very niche subject in there. And the people will find, use the internet to find people who are like-minded and maybe like-minded in their hatred. And what, what, is, what are we as a society going to do about those things? I don't think the movie answers the question. We don't have Batman, obviously. So I think it kind of leaves you with something to think about, which is actually a very good thing for a movie and something that, uh, if done well, can really leave a lasting impact on, on you, and I think this one definitely did. So maybe that's something to think about. Well, how, how are we using, how would someone maybe use the tools of a society, you know, of a modern economy, of a modern internet to hurt others? And what can we do to think about those without, of course, uh, restricting freedom? And uh, how, how do we handle those? And maybe check up on your neighbor. Maybe make sure he's not a crazy person. Could be a good idea. Well, that's all the time we have today for the Screening for Meaning show. Thank you again for listening. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you very soon.